Summer camp is a magic place where kids discover who they are because they have the freedom to explore on their own. Y Camp at Horse Thief Reservoir is a sleepaway camp in the heart of Idaho's wilderness. Each summer, campers make friends, build new skills, and learn to love the outdoors through activities like canoeing, archery, zip lining, rock climbing, campfires, and more. Registration for Y Camp at Horse Thief Reservoir is open. Financial assistance is available. Learn more at ycampidaho.org. What is going on? Welcome to Car Smart Friday or Fridays with Shaleen or whatever we're calling this life or update. Um, we're in my car. This is the Shaleen Show. I ask you to please put your seatbelt on because we are going for a ride. Let's do it. So yesterday I went live on Instagram and uh, one of the people commenting, I'm sorry, I forgot your name, but she said, I think it was Gabby. I can't remember. Anyways, she was like, when you're recording those car smart editions on Friday, are you really in your car? And I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. You can't tell. Like the sound is clearly loud. Can you hear my car purring? And I want to apologize for my voice. I have uh, the rent. It's this ridiculously long lasting cold. It's just a cold. I promise I don't have COVID and uh, it just, just keeps lingering, but I, f- I feel great other than I know I sound congested, but I feel great. So anyways, there's that. I want to give you guys an update on like what's going on in the world and just, you know, spend a moment chatting with you. First thing I want to talk about is how annoying some people are on social media. And I let it get into my head sometimes. Like there's things I want to say. There's things I want to post. And I find myself like going, okay, let me think. I'll I'll look at what I wrote and I'll think to myself, okay, how will someone try to pick this apart? What fault will somebody try to find with this? And then how can I like, I don't know, zhuzh up this word or like be more mindful of not using that term or like how are people going to... I don't do it often, but sometimes I do that. I'm just going to admit it. And I hate it because I never used to do that. Never, never, never. But I feel like the way social media is now, like everybody is offended by freaking everything. So at a certain point, you just have to go like, oh, well, like someone's going to take issue with this. And they do. Like case in point, I did this uh, reel on my Instagram. I did on TikTok too, I think. Yeah. And, um, you know, kind of, it was, it's a funny reel and basically I, it's just copying what I saw somebody else do where they were like recognizing that they had, uh, you know, done something that they were proud of. And so I took a little spin off on that and did, a um, like this realization that, wow, my kids are happy and healthy and they're financially independent and they're with other people that they love and they're great people and they're both engaged and like, oh my God, we did it, right? And and then in the caption I wrote, our kids turned out great despite the fact that we let them eat crappy food, we made lots of mistakes as parents, we let them listen to explicit rap lyrics and uh, we didn't worry about their grades. And they still turned out okay. They still turned out great. They turned out awesome. They turned out awesome because we're awesome parents, even though we were imperfect. Okay, so what did people find offensive about that? Oh, you name it. You name it, sister. Okay, let's see. The first thing is, (laughs) how dare you imply that to be successful, you have to be engaged? I'm like, I didn't imply that. 
I just was talking about the fact that my kids have found people that they're happy with. And guess what? Even if they hadn't, my kids still turned out great. Like everything needs a freaking explanation. Oh, and then this other person, no, not just one person, like a bunch of people were like, um, this is a great post. However, how dare you imply that listening to rap music makes you a bad parent? I'm like, "Mm, didn't say that. No, I in fact said that we were imperfect parents and um, yeah, we let them listen. We did and a lot and I'm sorry, but most parents, excuse me, there we go again. Most parents don't let their kids listen to like very explicit lyrics when they were babies. I'm telling you, our kids were raised on rap music, like not the PG on the radio version, like, you know, the most explicit versions because I was at that time when they were really young, I was constantly trying to find music for uh, my workouts and turbo kick. So I was, we constantly had to be listening to music and I I wasn't doing it on headphones. I was doing it in the car. I was doing it at home. We were constantly listening to music because I had to. And, you know, I'm telling you that even back then I had friends who were like, yeah, um, we don't really let Susie listen to like lyrics like that, if that's cool. And I respected that when other kids were over at the house, I didn't want to be the one to expose them (laughs) to these things. And you know what? That probably wasn't perfect. And so like, get over it. Like we're, we're on the same, I'm actually saying, no, I didn't find, I personally didn't find a problem with them saying other people did. I, my kids still turned out okay. They understood that that was language that they weren't allowed to use, but, and it was artistic and creative and, and guess what? They still turn out to be amazing humans and, uh, they don't disrespect women. They don't use language that's disparaging to other races. Like, you know, they turned out okay. Like, it's just weird that people will like pick an argument on social media when you're like, hello, we are on the same side. I'm not saying there's a problem with rap music. I am saying I let my kids listen to it. Like just, it's so weird that there are people on social media that just everything they're, they're looking, they're looking for a fight. They're looking for a a social justice, you know, um, I don't know, fight to pick. It's just weird. And it's annoying. And I, I, I try to ignore it and I usually do, or sometimes I will address it just because it's like, no, you don't get to, you don't get to make your argument and then leave on my page. I'm going to have the last word. Anyways, there's that. Um, it's just an annoying thing. And I wonder, is it, is it getting better? Is it getting worse? I don't know. It is what it is. Okay. Here's another thing that I recognized this week. Actually, probably long before this week, I, I realized it, but it came up in conversation. And that is, and I don't know if this is an ADHD thing or an introvert thing. I kind of think it's an introvert thing. You'll have to tell me what you think, but I love it when things get canceled. I love cancellations, which is one of the reasons why I kind of like secretly, and I feel bad even saying this, but there's some parts of being in the pandemic that I was like, this feels kind of fun because I love, 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 love when anything gets canceled. I know that sounds so weird. Even if it's something I'm really, really looking forward to when it gets canceled, it's weird. I get this like little burst of euphoria. I I call it cancellation euphoria. And I was trying to figure out like, 
why this is. And this one person in my social media is like, oh, that's because rich people love when things get canceled. I'm like, girl, this has nothing to do with being rich. I've felt this way since I was in third grade in Michigan. And I think this is where it started, where you would wake up really early. This is in the winter months. My, my Midwestern friends, you understand what I'm about to describe. When you're a little kid, I don't know how, what it looks like today, but like when we were little in the 70s and the 80s and you would wake up and if it was like pouring down snow and you knew that there was a snowstorm, that meant when you woke up, you were like in such a good mood because that meant you went and sat by the radio, yep, the radio or the TV, and you waited for them to announce that your school was closed. It was a school closure. It was a snow day cancellation. School was canceled today because it was a snow day. And the euphoria that would set in, you just felt like life was going to be so, like even though it's no different than what it was being at home on the weekends, but like something about school being canceled and it was a snow day. It just, there were so many opportunities. You would be able to play board games and mom would cook a big breakfast and it was just going to be the most outrageously delicious day. It's going to be so fun. I would get in such a good mood every time there was a snow day. Snow days just was better than Christmas morning. And I think, could be wrong, I think that is where my initial, uh, like, you know, positive, whatever, belief that I have, those feelings that I associate with a cancellation, I think that's where it comes from. I can have an interview with, a, a like, someone who I've been trying to get on the podcast for five years, and they cancel, and I'm like, ooh, this is exciting. Like, I don't know why. I love it when things get canceled. It can be something that I personally have planned, and it gets, it gets canceled. I'm like, ooh, this is exciting. I don't know why. It just does. And so I'm curious if anyone else feels that way. I think a little of it has to do, a lot of it has to do with, again, you know, being in, uh, growing up in the Midwest, snow day, that's the snow day experience. And I think a little bit of it also has to do with the fact that I am an introvert. So I, I love the opportunity to like be alone. (laughs) I love seeing people too, but like a, a surprise cancellation. Maybe it's, I've got a little bit of social anxiety as I'm starting to recognize, I guess I've always had it. Um, even though I, I love people and I love being around people, but it's those moments like just before you walk into a party or just before an event where I'm like, Oh, I don't know even what goes through my head. It's just a little bit of anxiety, I guess, social anxiety. And, um, so maybe the cancellation is like, woo, I don't know, but I'm just curious if any of you also experience cancellation euphoria update on Brett. He's doing much better. Although if you ask him, he's like, eh, a little better. He's an all or nothing kind of person. So if he's not a hundred percent and maybe most men are like this, sorry guys, you'll have to tell me if you guys are like this, but like if he's got a little bit of a cold, it's the worst cold. He's horrible. If he, you know, his legs, he has, um, neuropathy and his legs and his hands went numb. He's got feeling back in his hands. He's got a lot of feeling back in parts of his legs, his saddle region, his hips and his heels are still numb, uh, but he's got a lot of sensation back in like his calves and his quads, not a hundred percent, but like a lot of it back. And I, I keep making him qualified. I'm like, or quantified. I'm like, what percentage would you say is back? He's like, I don't know. It's better. It's a little better, but it still sucks. I'm like, 
okay, we, let's work with that. What percentage would you say it's better? So I got him to commit the other day, yesterday actually, to saying that he's about 30 to 35% better. I think that's huge. And again, he's doing all the things. Um, it's hard to say which one or if it's a combination of all the things that has given him these improvements, but he's improved. And I want to thank each and every one of you who prayed and asked to know how he's doing because I, I really believe those things make a difference. Like you, you cannot, you cannot question the power of prayer and a positive attitude. You know, there was this, I had to have a little discussion with my husband and told him like, if you keep saying you're not improved, your brain is listening to you. Your brain is always listening to what we say. Even those things that we say to ourselves subconsciously, the things that we're not speaking out loud, but we're saying them. our brain, did you hear my car just lock? It's because I stopped and then I started again. It sounds like a freaking tank. Anyways, I, I believe our brains do they execute our bodies execute what our brain believes and if you're speaking a certain way to yourself then your body is just going to follow through for you it's I don't know I just really believe that in the power of positive thinking and the power of prayer and all of these things really they make a difference and that's why it's really important that we all if, if there's something that we want that's what we have to focus on instead of focusing on what you don't want a friend of mine is seriously looking for, I shouldn't say seriously, she's open to finding the love of her life. And she told me that she had made this list of everything that she doesn't want. And I said, that's awesome. But do you realize that that's what your brain is focusing on is all these things you don't want. And just laws of attraction are more likely, it's more likely than not that that's what you're going to attract if that's what you're focused on. Instead, let's make a list of all the things that you do want. And let's focus on that. Not that you need a man to be complete, but I would love for you to find someone who deserves someone as freaking awesome as you. The other thing I wanted to mention or just, I guess, kind of update you guys is um, Bob and our caregiver journey. There's, I just have to say that there's, there's a lot going on. We've, there's been a lot of changes. There's a lot of, um, God, it's, it's so complicated for me to speak about this because it's personal and there's family involved and not everyone agrees and not everyone is as invested and some people are really invested and some people aren't invested and that's how this goes you know I've been watching a lot of videos about each stage of caregiving and there are multiple stages right the stage that we're in right now is we are caregivers but then there's a stage where you turn into or what they say you transition to becoming a steward and when you are a steward it's it means that you're making certain that that person's wishes are being honored and that they are being taken care of and you're you're being a steward for that person and I without giving too much personal information away and without going into our personal lives. Now, listen, y'all, you know me, I'm happy to go all the way there. And I, it's very tempting. I want to tell you everything, like you're my best friend and just tell you like what I think and what's going on. And, you know, each family member's opinion and involvement and, um, where I'm frustrated and where I'm annoyed and where I'm furious and where I'm happy and where I'm 
encouraged. I, I want to tell you all those things, but it's, it's not just my story and it's not, it's not my family. It's, it is my family, but it's my family through marriage. And so out of respect, I, I can't share all those things with you, but I do feel an obligation because I, I feel like this is part of God's intention and purpose for my life is to share things in a way that can be helpful to my audience. So I'm going to try to do so without giving all the details about what's going on in our household, but hopefully enough information that it helps those of you who are in the midst of this. And even if you're not in the midst of it, you will be at some point. You just will be. It might be 10 years from now. It might be five years from now. It might be a year from now. It might be 15 years from now. And I just want you to keep in mind some things. This is normal. And it brings up this transition in your parents' lives. It brings up a lot of interesting emotions. It can often bring up unresolved feelings and relationships. Like I've heard from so many of you who are struggling to be the caregiver for a parent who didn't care for you or the caregiver for a parent who was abusive or not even in your life. And I can't imagine how emotionally complicated that can be and how it also tends to like pick the scab off of unhealed wounds, things that were never resolved in a family and not just between you and that parent, but maybe between you and siblings and you and aunts and uncles. Like there's so much relationship. Um, it just, it becomes very complex. It's a complex experience. It's a complexity that's very emotional and there's no denying that that creates a stress. And that's why I think it is so critical that we learn to heal these parts and that we, we, we all become better communicators because it does none of the, nothing ever goes away. It just resurfaces later and never at a convenient time. The time that we should be addressing our, our wounds and our problems and our struggles and our strifes and our miscommunications and our hurts, etc., with family is as, as soon as possible. And hopefully with a qualified professional, like there's, you know, we're, most of us aren't qualified to handle the conflict that arises between brothers and sisters and moms and dads and kids and siblings and and you might think of therapy as being something that you only do with your significant other or by yourself, but it's not true. Like, you know, even Brett and his brother, they've gone to therapy together. And I think it really helped them in many regards. And, you know, I think it's something that we should all start to consider. And I hope that it becomes more common because if you don't do that later in life, like when you're in your 70s and your 80s, these things, they they come back and they're more painful and there's not as much time left and and you just have to learn to set these things aside and and I've just I've really as I've mentioned on many occasions I've turned to my faith in this time because there are things that I want to control there are way there are things I believe are best for everybody like I okay I I know what we need to do because this is going to help this person this person this person but if I'm the only one who sees it that way, um, I can't force that on other people. I can't force my will. And it's, 
not my place to do that. And it's just going to make me unhappy to try to do it. Instead, I have to go, everyone is where they are because that is where they are. And I cannot judge them for that. I have to accept that. I have to try to imagine what life is like, not just in their shoes today, but what life is like in their shoes having walked their journey. Everyone's perspective is so personal and it's shaped by our own experiences and a lot of it is shaped by our kind of an innate need to protect ourselves. So I you know you just you got you can't take this stuff personal but I'm telling you you just learn to let go. You got to let go. If you're going through this right now and you're frustrated with a family member or you're maybe you're frustrated with yourself or maybe you're Maybe you're disappointed with yourself or you're disappointed in somebody else or you wish that there was more that you could do or there's, there's so many things that are outside of your control. You just have to let go. You can't worry about what other people think. You can't worry about how other people are living their lives and the decisions that they've made. You, you Doing so will, will cause neuropathy, will cause you to gain weight, will cause you to shorten your lifespan because stress is what kills us. And I just am taking that really seriously. I know from many interviews I've done with the experts here on the Shaleen show and the books that I've read, the, the audios that I listen to, the papers that I've immersed myself in during this process, that stress is a major contributor to Alzheimer's. And knowing that has changed the way I need or thought I needed to control things or to step in or to assert my opinion. Um, I just am trying to make decisions now based on what's the least amount of stress on the most amount of people. And I am not going to worry about what other people think or even in some cases what I think is the right thing to do or the wrong thing. I'm just really going to focus on what is the what is the solution that provides the least amount, diminishes stress on the most amount of people, on the greatest number of people that I care about. And so that is where I'm at without being able to share with you more details. Um, our relationship with Bob will stay the same. Where he is living may change and I'll, you know, keep you posted on that. But Aside from my own personal situation, I want you to know, for those of you who are caregivers, whether it's a parent or a, a child who needs around-the-clock care, or a family member, maybe it's a sister, maybe it is your spouse, it's, it's no joke, and you're not going to get an award, you're not going to get a medal. No one, no one will ever understand what you're doing. No one will ever erect a statue on your behalf. No one cares. Maybe God does. But if you're doing what you're doing because of society or because you think that being a martyr or sacrificing your own life and your own health is the right thing to do, I just am going to tell you, you need to think twice about that. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to get help. It's okay to make decisions that are not just based on one person. Sometimes you have to make decisions that are best for the community and best for the family as a whole. And I'll leave it at that. 
I hope that sheds some light and I hope I hope that brings you some peace. I I pray for you. I I feel for you. Gosh, it's been so wonderful to have this incredible community to connect with you guys and and talk about this and thank you for your messages that I get on Instagram. Thank you for the messages you've been leaving for me on the website. You can do that. You just go to shaleen.com and it, there's just a little widget that says leave a voicemail and you you can leave me a voicemail message there and share with me anything you want. Uh, I think there's like a three minute limit or something, but I, I love hearing those messages and thank you for your continued reviews of the Shaleen show. You guys, it is because of you that we continue to gain popularity and that means a lot because I like to think that this show helps a lot of people. It certainly helps me. <laughs> so I appreciate you so much. In fact, I love you. I mean it. And I'll talk to you soon.